Welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. Thank you for being with us tonight on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for spending a few minutes in the Word of the Lord. I pray that God would just touch your heart tonight, your life, as we open up the Word of the Lord. Looking forward to what God has for us uh, this evening. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, if you want to turn there, uh, we're going to read from there in just a few minutes. But uh, I want to start by just telling you that there was an old man that stopped walking. It had been a long day, and he was tired. And uh, the look in his eye, though, was you would have realized that it wasn't his body that was tired. It was his spirit. And the place of sacrifice was getting closer. And he had wrestled with the matter in his heart a thousand times, if he had once, since that God had spoken to him. And as he was thinking... His servants ran up to him and said, listen, it's hot. It's time to get a place of rest. And it's extremely warm. The old man agreed to stop for a while, and so they sat down. The animals were tied down, and the servants both laid down under a tree for a nap. And beside him, another figure was still standing, a young man that looked very much like he did. And uh, you would look at them, and you would have surely said that this is his great-grandson, but as most of you know, it wasn't. Isaac was uh, called by Abraham, said, come and sit with me for a while. And so when Isaac got done making sure the animals were tied down and secure, he came over and sat next to his father and the heat had made him tired and he possibly fell asleep very quickly. And Abraham never could fall asleep. He just kept looking at his son and a tear began to roll down his eye. And here again, I'm kind of reading into the, the scene, if you will. As he realized what was getting ready to take place and what he was getting ready to face in just a few short days. Part of him wanted to just pick up Isaac, pack up their stuff, and run away. And the other part of Abraham knew that he had to go. And so the old man never closed his eyes. While everyone else slept, he just watched his son. And so I want to read this story in the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. It's the story that we've stepped into the middle of this journey, if you will. And uh, we want to read about this, this story of this walk of Abraham. And uh, chapter 22, verse 1 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. By Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire and for a burnt offering and set out the plate for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, he told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther we will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, and while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. 
At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, here I am, Abraham replied. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the, by its horns in a thicket. Uh, uh, this is a strong story. Um, and I believe it was a very hard walk for Abraham to take with Isaac. I can't imagine what was going through his mind and his spirit as he was trying in his own way and in the best way possible to act out in obedience to what God had called him to. Uh, I believe the reason why this was a very difficult walk was because of Isaac, because of the demand that God had placed upon Abraham that Isaac would be the one that would be sacrificed. I believe if God had called Abraham to go to Moriah and simply sacrifice a sheep or a lamb or any other animal, the walk would have been easy. But the fact that the sacrifice was to be Isaac, uh, it made this walk very difficult. And even though this is Abraham's walk, I want to also tonight focus on Isaac. And I want to take note of four things uh, this evening that I believe that if you can, you and I can understand this, it applies to us as well in our walk with God. And the first one, the first point that I want to mention tonight is simply this. God still gives Isaacs. As Abraham heads to sacrifice Isaac, we need to consider who Isaac was. Isaac was a gift. Isaac was not only a gift, but Isaac was a promise. It was, he was Abraham's beloved son, but and if you read the story, most that know the story know how that God had promised to make Abraham a mighty nation. And Abraham believed God, but nothing ever happened. And so years went by while Abraham and Sarah grew old and older. And eventually it became apparent that it was impossible for them to have a son born to them. They were just too old. And that's when they reached this point that God's promise came and gave Isaac to them. And there was a great joy in Abraham and Sarah in that moment uh, because they were old enough to be great-grandparents, probably. But laughter had been brought into their life, and they named Isaac uh, after the, it means laughter. And so there was a joy that was brought into uh, Abraham and Sarah's life. And I don't think it was just because they were having a child of which they weren't able to have one before then, but I believe it was also what this child represented. God had spoken to him and promised him some things that Abraham didn't recognize how he was going to do it other than Isaac being his uh, chosen vessel to expand the promise that God had given Abraham. I, I, I don't know about you, but I can almost imagine the first time that Abraham holds Isaac in his arms after receiving the promise and knowing what, what Isaac really stood for the joy and the peace. Maybe it was in the evening and he stepped out and was holding Isaac in his arms and he looked up into the skies and realized that God had promised to make his nation as many as the stars of the heavens. And here he is holding the beginning of that promise. Uh, how how he, I'm sure he was in a worshipful uh, mode or operation when he began to look at that and say, God, thank you for 
your promise. I don't know how you're going to do this now through Isaac, but thank you for the coming through. And, and so my question tonight is this, has God ever given you an Isaac? I think really each and every one of us in some way, and maybe even in a multitude of ways, have always been given an Isaac by God. I consider an Isaac to be anything that God in his love that he's given to you, he's bestowed upon you. It could be a child, but it doesn't necessarily need to be limited to that. Other Isaacs can be your talents, your gifts, your desires. Often the thing that you're passionate about is an Isaac. Uh, my wife is a beautiful singer, and her voice and her giftedness for music is an Isaac. God gave it to her. God, God made her passionate about it. There are people in this world that have an incredible talent for mathematics and science and construction and preaching and teaching and sharing and doing computer work. It's it, all kinds of Isaacs that are out there. And I believe that God enjoys giving Isaacs to people. I, I believe that uh, Isaacs always come from God. It's not something that we can manufacture. No matter how hard I tried, you wouldn't find me playing the piano this Sunday because I couldn't figure it out. Uh, it's a gift that I don't have, and it's a gift that I really can't create on my own. It's similar to the way Abraham couldn't create Isaac for so many years on his own, but it was a gift from God. And so before we move on, I need everybody to understand that God still today is giving Isaacs to his people. He has given promises to you and I, gifts and talents in abundance that allow us to uh, minister, that allow us to follow him, that allow us to have hope in a hopeless world, and not only hope, but to have joy as well. And so I want you to take a moment and just in your own way of thinking, uh, look at your life, examine it, and decide, okay, what's an Isaac that God has given me? What is something that God has placed in my life that I know came from God and I didn't manufacture it? Because all of us have them, and then that leads me to point number two, because because all of us have them at some point or some way, there's a problem that's associated with those Isaacs, and that's point number two. Isaacs can become a God to us, little g. Uh, consider this in this passage that we read. What is it that God asked Abraham to sacrifice? I don't read anywhere in the text where God asked Abraham to sacrifice Sarah or sacrifice one of his servants, or even sacrifice his wealth and give it away, or even sacrifice himself. God asked specifically for Abraham to sacrifice the one thing that had an opportunity to become another God in his life. And for Abraham, that was Isaac. It would have been very easy to do. Isaac was a special child. He was the son that God had given, uh, that was that God had given to Abraham and Sarah, and that was the son that was going to fulfill the promise that God had given to Abraham and Sarah. And from this son, Abraham's descendants were going to multiply. And it must have been, or it could have been easy for Abraham to begin to trust in Isaac to fulfill the promise more than he even trusted God, because Isaac was a manifestation of the promise of God. And whenever you begin to trust in something more than the person that gave you that gift, God, that's where that thing, whatever it may be, it may even be something good, uh, will become your God. And so my question to you is, have you ever turned any of your Isaacs into a God?
at some point, all of us have lifted up something in the place of God because we're human. And oftentimes it's the very thing that God blesses us with. I, I look, uh, I've always looked at the music ministry from somewhat of a distance. Uh, I've been a part of some great music groups. Um, I've, I've sang in the chorale and in the choirs in college and we traveled and we, and, and we toured. But I, I also have worked behind the scenes with sound systems and recording systems and things of that nature. <clears throat> and so I've been around a lot of music people and I see this quite often. There are people that uh, have been given such a beautiful talent, whether it be an instrument, whether it be a voice, a recording, and you can only describe it as coming from God. It's an Isaac for them. And God has given it to them to be a blessing and to use it for their glory, but they never choose to acknowledge God in that uh, Isaac. That and, and all of a sudden, uh, their voice does not appear to be coming forth in worship because they've recognized that their voice is their ticket to fame, to finance, to power, and their voice has allowed them to do whatever they really want, and so they begin to trust their voice. On the other side, there are people that put their trust in their children that God has blessed them with. Uh, thank God for my sons, because now I'm important. I'm a dad now, and, and and these people will do anything to make their child happy. And, and the Isaac that God has blessed you with can become very quickly the object of our worship. We should never worship our Isaacs. We should also always worship God. When we worship God, the Isaacs find their rightful place. And so I ask you again tonight, is there something that God has blessed your life with that you have elevated to, you don't even realize you've done it to the point of God, but you have put it in and you're trusting so much in what you uh, have accomplished. And uh, I can tell you for me, one of the things that I have to always be careful of is because I have taught lessons and I've preached for so many years, sometimes it can almost be easy just to type up a sermon, if you will, and not find out what God is trying to say through me to help somebody else. And you become a sermonizer instead of a messenger. And I never want to get to the day where I have become somebody that just gives you a sermon without being the messenger of what God has laid on my heart to share with you. So for a person that wants to walk with God, there's only one option when that Isaac begins to take place uh, of God or they begin to worship that or trust in that or lean in that. Remember what the book of Proverbs said. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, acknowledge him in all your ways. Lean not to your own understanding, but uh, in all your ways, trust in him. Acknowledge him. Be with him. And whenever that takes place and you start moving that God out of the picture and you start relying or leaning on your talent or your ability, even though they were God-given, there's something that has to happen. And that is number three, point number three tonight, and that is Isaac must die. The old man, his son, and his servants were three days into the journey when they stopped, and Abraham gave them orders to camp. Uh, set up the, all the tents and things, and the servants began their work, and Abraham began to examine and make sure that he had everything that he needed to sacrifice, and he had the wood, and he had the fire, and he almost wept aloud when he checked to see that he had his knife. This was one of the last stops. Could he obey God and do what God was asking him or commanding him to do? He looked at his son Isaac. Perhaps he had put too much trust in him. 
After all, it was God that had given Isaac to him. So as he made the final preparations for Isaac and him to go on alone to worship and to sacrifice, he became sure in his heart he would sacrifice Isaac, his son, to God. God would be given the rightful place in as first in his heart. Quiet voice of faith came out of his lips. If God has promised me descendants through my son Isaac, then God will simply have to raise Isaac from the dead after I sacrifice him. And so Isaac walked up. What were you saying, Father? Abraham turned and looked at his beautiful son. Just thinking aloud, my son. With that, Abraham helped to put the wood on Isaac's back, and the two of them headed off to the place of sacrifice. Whenever we have an Isaac that we have lifted up, God will eventually ask us to sacrifice that Isaac because we cannot have two gods. We like to quote the, the scripture, you can't serve God and mammon, talking about money, but it's really, uh, it goes back to the Ten Commandments, you'll have no other God before me. And so I'm telling you today, it's not easy to loosen the clenched fist that retains your Isaac. If you have tightly grasped the gift that God has given you, the talent that God has given you, your Isaac will all uh, will often become the thing that you trust in dearly, and it's hard to be asked to willingly give it up. And uh, God comes, though, and he asks us to trust in him, not in the gifts he's given us, not in the abilities. So sometimes we don't realize how tough it was for Abraham. He was going to kill everything that God had promised and given to him. When was the last time God asked you to give everything up and sacrifice everything to God, everything that he had given him, yet he was willing to trust God? So my question to you tonight is, can you do the same? Are you willing to do the same? Will you allow God to point out your Isaacs of your life to be sacrificed? And even further, will you and I be willing to obey? Because if we are, then that leads us to point number four. So remember, point number one, God gives all of us Isaacs, all of us gifts, all of us promises. Number two, though, because those gifts come, we have a tendency as humans to uh, allow them to take first place in our life, even above what God is, and we can't allow that. And so number three, it allows, we have to allow or we have to sacrifice that gift, that dream, that promise on a, on an altar of sacrifice and lay it down on behalf of the Lord. But that's where point number four comes in. And we read it here earlier, uh, point number four is simply Jehovah Jireh, our provider. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound up his son Isaac, he bound up his promise, his gift, and he laid him on the altar on top of the wood, and he reached out his hand and took his knife to slay his son and sacrifice his promise. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He said, don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything uh, to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked into the thicket and God had provided a ram that was caught. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. And to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'm sure that there are people that walk away, having read this story, 
believing God to be a beast that requires human sacrifice. God never wanted to see Isaac physically sacrificed. He wanted Isaac to be sacrificed in the heart of Abraham. You see, God's not wanting to rip gifts away. In fact, God says it this way in his scripture, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. When he gives us things, they're not given so that he can take them back physically. They're given, but there are times where he's asking, will you be willing in your heart to give them back? And once God knew that Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, God stepped in and stopped it and because the sacrifice had already been made. In Abraham's heart, his sa- the sacrifice had already been given. And so God steps in and provides a ram to be offered in the place. And God wants to bring us to a place of sacrifice with our Isaacs, with our gifts, with our promises, with our dreams. The things that we have been blessed with that may have become that that have become what we bless. God wants us to sacrifice them. Uh, I, I want to say this carefully and in love, but only God knows when you have truly made a sacrifice. For Abraham, God saw that the sacrifice had been made in his heart. You may be required to go further. You may have to kill your Isaac. Listen, I don't want to be misunderstood. Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he believed that God would raise him from the dead. And if God has called you to sacrifice a promise or a calling or a gift that he has given to you, just trust that if you have to kill it all the way, God has promised to bring life back and to fulfill it because his gifts and callings are without repentance. See, here's here's the thing. What made Abraham's action so powerful in this story? is not simply the act of sacrifice, but it was the act of obedience. And we read in Scripture, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. When God, it doesn't, now sometimes God asks us to sacrifice. It was the obedient heart of Abraham that trusted God, even though it may not have made sense. I can't imagine it making any sense to Abraham after all of the years that God had promised him a a seed, had promised him a uh, a, a uh, mighty nation and great descendants, and it was going to come through Isaac. And and after all that he and Sarah had gone through, I can't imagine what went through his mind and his heart when God said, you know, Abraham, I gave you Isaac, and but I, I need to take him back. I want you to sacrifice. My, my, I want to see if you obey. You obey me, and we'll see. Sometimes God is asking us to obey when it doesn't make sense. And there are some things that are going on in the world today and some things that are going on in individual lives today that maybe don't make sense. But I ask you tonight, could it be that God is just leading you down the path that Abraham walked, that hard walk where God is saying, listen, I'm just wanting to see if you're willing. Are you willing to be obedient to sacrifice even the things I've already given you because I've asked you to do it? You see, Sometimes we get so tied to the things that he has given us that we forget about the giver. I'm so thankful that I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's one of the greatest gifts that was ever given to me. I was 10 years old when God gave it to me. But I fear sometimes we as Christians get so consumed with the Holy Ghost that we forget about the giver of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the anointing of God that I've had in my ministry, and I'm thankful 
for the material blessings that God has given us. I'm thankful for my job tonight. I'm thankful for our church. But I can never allow myself to get reliant upon who he's given me, where he's placed me, the job that he's given me. I can't get so uh, tied up with those things that I miss out on the one that gave them to me. And so sometimes he takes me on a hard walk to Mount Moriah and says, Tim, I want you to lay this all down on the altar. And can I just give you a secret? When you're willing to lay it all down and sacrifice it to him, it frees you up. I can't worry about my job. Uh, he gave it to me. And if the job goes away, he's going to lead and guide me and provide for me. It gives me a whole new reassurance that when things aren't going the right way, in my mind, God is still in control because I've placed all of that which he has given me on the altar of sacrifice. And the Bible says when that happens, he begins to be our provider. So whether or not my job is stable, whether or not my car is running, my house is not leaking or it's leaking or if it's, if it's go, everything's going well, it, it's really not relevant because God will provide if it's all falling apart and God will provide if it's all going well. As long as I'm willing to be like Abraham and Isaac and take that hard walk when God calls and be obedient. I remember, and, I, and I'm coming to a close with this, <clears throat> it was October of 2008 and we get an email from my uncle Gary Weisbrod, pastor at Spirit of Grace Church in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, asking me if I would be interested in coming and looking at Spirit of Grace Church to become their pastor. And uh, so we came up in October, and then we returned at Thanksgiving, and we were elected as pastor in December of 2008. We left our home on December 18th or 17th and, and drove up at Christmas time and have been here ever since. At the time, we were just trying, we weren't even realizing what all God was doing. We were just trying to take one step in the journey that he was giving us and where he was leading us and where we felt we needed to go. But looking back afterwards, that was an insane time to uproot your family. We had a five-year-old boy that was getting ready to turn six in March was in kindergarten, spent first part of kindergarten in Kansas City and second part in the Lake Elmo School District here in Minnesota. We had uh, our two-month-old baby who was born in October, and we were moving him in the middle of winter to Minnesota. And at the time, we weren't even thinking about it. We knew that there was going to be some transition, and so we moved into my parents' basement and lived with them for a little over a year. <clears throat> but Looking back, 2008, 2009 is when the whole housing mess came, and politically and socially, things just became very difficult. Uh, jobs were hard to find, um, and yet through all of that, God supplied every need we ever need, had. Um, there was things that we lost. There was things that we had to sacrifice. There were things that we had to give up, but every time we did so, God provided something on the flip side. Every time we seemingly lost something, God provided something new. 
And now looking back almost, well, a little over 12 years later, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't regret anything because God just was exactly what Abraham was, and that was Jehovah Jireh. So I want to challenge you tonight as, as I close this message out. I want to challenge you. Take the hard walk. When God has given you things and given you blessings and callings and promises, don't shy away from them. Don't give up on them. But allow the things of God to lead and guide you. But don't become so reliant on what God has given you that you become less reliant on the God that gave it. And take that hard walk, build that altar, place that Isaac on it, and just see what God will provide. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I'm asking you to be with each person tonight, Lord, as they continue their journey with you. Allow the glory and the grace of God to envelop them. Lord, I don't ever want my Isaac to replace you. I'm asking you, God, to be the Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If you don't have a home church and you're doing, you're watching this locally, we want to invite you to Spirit of Grace Church at 10110 Woodcrest Drive, Northwest in Coon Rapids. Our service starts at 1030 on Sunday. This week we're going to have a great service together. And then a week from Sunday we're going to have Baptism Sunday. So we've got all kinds of things coming up. If you're interested, we'd love to have you check us out. God bless you and have a great rest of the week. And should the Lord tarry, we will see all of you on Sunday morning. Amen.